Welcome to a brand new episode of I'm 40% Podcast. I'm Jinx Monsoon, and as always, I am joined by my co-host and subordinate, Nick Sahoya. Nick, how are you doing today? Oh. <laughs> today, our extremely special guest is a drag race fan favorite and star of the Folsom Street Fair. It's Rockham <laughs> Sakura. And let me play the intro music. Dun 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 Oh, hello. Oh my goodness. Um, you know, not just star of Folsom Street Fair, um, soon to be star of Folsom Street Fair, the sequel. I don't oh, know if yeah. you guys know, coming in October. October. Um, I play book, a man who has. Uh, I play a man whose best day is is behind him, and he gets fisted in an alley. So, <laughs> no, I'm not fisted. doing that. I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> like, fisted. We're turning a corner. Um, <laughs> um, since I tastefully pot- brought it up, Rockham, I just have to say, I actually, you know, I think it's very punk rock of you to both be a drag queen and sex icon so. a sex philanthropist <laughs> so. yes. we're all familiar with your work on television and in um street side building windows and we're all very <laughs> proud of you um own that sexuality girl we love you we're huge fans here at i'm 40 percent podcast and um maybe i'm crushing just the tiniest bit but you know who's Who surprised uh rock rock uh, Oh, go I'll ahead. Take it. I'll take it, Mom. Sure. Thanks. <laughs> I'm sorry. She's like this all the time. Um, Rock, we all lived in San Francisco at the same time. And we had the pleasure of, while we were living in San Francisco, you going on Drag Race and representing that wonderful city. And I think mm-hmm. everyone wishes you were on for a little longer, but you did a great job while you were there. Um, how do you feel? And this is a loaded question because I've already seen your TikTok <laughs> about it. How do you feel about being criticized for farting? And then they did a whole challenge about the farts <laughs> this season. Well, I saw that TikTok too. For a lot of people that um, like don't watch a lot of like podcasts and interviews and stuff, like for Jinx knows because we've been on set of Drag Race, um, Michelle Visage is almost constantly farting. There's like a fart constantly squeezing out between her cheeks. And the thing is that she doesn't like to address farting on the show because it kind of draws attention to her own flatular problems so it's kind of like an internal thing so i think michelle has a lot of things it's in her book um i think she has a lot of things she needs to work through first before we can address it so i'm not i'm not mad i'm just hoping and i'm praying for um for michelle's Michelle's breakthrough colon health yeah yeah exactly Uh, (laughs) more fiber oh wait give it to us one more time nick interesting if true (laughs) <laughs> yeah, there we go. Um, I gotta say, 
I, I was kind of like, whatever about that whole joke until you said it's in her book and you said it with so much <laughs> genuine, earnest concern for my dear friend Michelle that it really um, sold the joke for me. No, uh, Jesus, a, a one continuous fart slowly being released. Um, only on Drag Race, people. <laughs> since, since they introduced the chocolate bar. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I gotta say, um, I, I'm not a fan of bottom shaming memes, but I saw a couple with that chocolate bar that I was like, okay, that's objectively funny. So, all right, I'll allow this, this bottom shaming <laughs> meme to persist maybe a couple more days. I'm going to allow this. <laughs> <laughs> Look, Rockin if you're going to bottom shame for something that happens normally in the body, maybe you should just develop a scat fetish. Maybe that's yeah, the just, way you become woke. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Be more open-minded, Mom. Get into poo. I was the one saying I don't like people bottom shaming. My God. I wasn't saying um, you. I was saying you. I was saying you as no, as the people know, listening in general. The royal, the royal you. The royal you. The royal shaming you. <laughs> now, Rockham, before we um, began recording, you were saying I cut you off mid-sentence because I wanted you to talk about it on the show, but you're already a fan of Futurama. Oh, I absolutely love Futurama. I was one of those people that would fall asleep to either Futurama or Inuyasha, depending on the day of the week. Um, <laughs> you know, sometimes 12-ounce mouse or C-Lab or something, but um, it was usually Futurama. And it differed, like, you know, I would fall asleep to it either on Adult Swim or on Comedy Central, depending on mm -hmm. the era. There was, at one time, it was on, um, oh my god, what was the, what was the channel? TV, Spike yeah. TV. Ancient Network Spike. Called it was on Spike. No. It was on Spike. I watched it on Spike, right after <laughs> Stripperella. That's very, uh, that's very butch of you, Rock, to be watching Spike yeah. TV. <laughs> Between well, I, that and the tank top you're wearing today. Uh... <laughs> it's okay. I'm tucked right now. So that's the... <laughs> it all evens out. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> um, so today's episode, I got to say right off the bat, I think is a very well-written episode. Lots of very funny one-liners. Lots of like um, world establishment for future. Futurama, yeah. and they lay down a lot of bricks that are going to come back into play throughout the series for many, many episodes to come, as well as introducing a new series regular character. Um, so this is a very formative episode. Um, it's got a lot of exposition. We've got a lot to cover. So take us away, Nick. Let's start out at the very top. Very well. <clears throat> <laughs> 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 Very well. <laughs> Very well. Um, we have no cold open this week. We have a Chiron. It says, coming soon to an illegal DVD. This Chiron is pretty good. <laughs> it's not laugh out loud funny, but it's above average. I give it four Chirons it's also dated. out of a possible five Very Chirons. Dated. Yeah, yeah, yeah I it give should it a, be coming soon to an illegal flash drive. Or <laughs> I, give it a, I give it a three... Point five Chirons out of there's five no Chirons. point fives. We're not doing a ten point scale. It's a five point scale. Rock. Okay. Um, I give it a three point ten Chirons. <laughs> okay, we'll round up. I'm having a hard time where my um my little peekaboo cutout on my shirt keeps making sections of my arm disappear. Look how skinny I am. Oh it makes you look so, yeah. Skinny legend. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
that's that's a funny phrase, Rockham. You should you should coin that. Um, Nick, <laughs> I already have. Did you really coin Skinny Legend? No, I did not. That was oh, okay. either Mariah Carey, Trixie Mattel, or Mr. Puffin stuff. It was one of the three. <laughs> I, I mix those three celebrities up all the time. Me too. Um, I do really want to go to Mariah Carey's uh, Palm Springs Motel, though. Um, <laughs> the professor says, good news, everyone. The university is bringing me up on disciplinary charges. And he says, that's not Wait good news at all. That's not good news. <laughs> so... Right, uh, you know, like right at the top of the episode, we are reintroduced to the fact that the professor is a professor, and He's actually teaching. Wh- while while he is running this out of home business, <laughs> he is also a professor at a university that he rarely attends. Um, but we've already covered this in the Mars University episode with mm-hmm. the with the monkey and the hot monkey brains robot um, house. So <laughs> robot house. So we don't need to really go into what the fuck is the professor doing at a university. We already know it's all very convoluted. But well, it's I, interesting because guess... he says he's in trouble because he took Hitler's Hitler's brain and put it in put a it great in shark. white shark. Yeah, but then we learn <laughs> that he's not actually being brought on disciplinary charges. So was that? what they cited in the letter or was he just that that's what he assumed they were mad about i have a feeling that was just what he was assuming you know he was like sure everyone wants to tamper with hitler's brain but when you put it in the body of a great white shark suddenly you've gone too far <laughs> he got a little um, mr belvedere at the end there sorry. <laughs> yeah and we uh it turns out it's a surprise party for him for his birthday has anyone ever had a surprise party for them? I no. never have. No, I would be pretty mad. No. Me neither. No, but if I... I did, I would say the exact same thing that he said. If I'm going down, then I'm taking you all down with me. <laughs> You're going to expose I... everyone's secrets. <laughs> oh, I love that. That seconds before they're honoring him, he's revealing everyone's <laughs> secrets. We get the first hint. Is this the first hint at his longstanding rivalry with, with Professor Wernstrom? Is it really? I think no, it might what, be. No, 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 because there was the garbage episode where Wernstrom had the oh, alternate yes. plan to so deflect the garbage. So we already know that he doesn't like Wernstrom, but I do love after they reveal that it's a surprise party for him, he still, he still doesn't get it. <laughs> or should I say, Professor Hairpiece? <laughs> no, <laughs> Professor, we're here <laughs> celebrating you. Um... This is this is a pretty fun setup because the professor's 150 years old. He's lived quite a life, and yet somehow the only people there to talk about him are his current crew and one surviving member of a past crew. Um, I mean, they're all dead for sure. We've yeah. already established that in the first episode yeah. that everybody died that has ever known the professor. Oh yeah, maybe all of his friends were older. He was like a, you know, like that freshman who's hanging out with all the seniors in high school. Maybe that's his vibe. Yeah, and mom. I mean, the didn't only other person she knows him. him that's not there is mom, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Or Scruffy was so. Scruffy there? Scruffy, uh, Scruffy doesn't exist yet. Scruffy, <laughs> Scruffy comes doesn't and goes. exist yet. I mean, I think trying, he's existing in the background. Okay. Trying to get Scruffy to come to a function like this is trying to pin down a cloud. You know, you can't capture lightning in a bottle, so. <laughs> <laughs> for the professor's birthday, they're doing a roast. How fun. I wish I could write for this roast. It might be hard <laughs> because they're very weird. And it's just very hard to imagine saying anything to Dr. Zoidberg that would offend him because he's... <laughs> 
He's disgusting. Um, <laughs> Zoidberg does a set and he has a real pheromone kind of vibe going on. Just yeah. a lot of all he was quiet missing echoes. was all he was missing was really femme size in between every joke. Ah. Ah. <laughs> Let's get this roast to cooking. Let's get this um, roast to cooking. <laughs> Um, the next uh, roaster. Zoidberg's one joke that Zoidberg's one joke that lands wasn't a joke. He says, "Good evening, ladies and germs," and they give him a rim Everyone shot, laughs, and yeah. he says, "That wasn't a joke. I was referring to Professor Streptococcus." Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, but then when he does try to make a joke, he makes a terrible joke, um, a very pheromone-style joke where he's just stating a fact, and there's no laughs, <laughs> which sets up for the beautiful one-two punch of. The then the surviving crew member comes up and in his Star Trek beeping machine um, does one beep, totally kills. And <laughs> um, it really is all about timing. <laughs> Comedy is all about timing, people. <laughs> Has anyone seen that episode of Star Trek with that guy in the chair and the beeps? I have not. No. I have. <laughs> is that a next gen one? No, it's the original series. Oh, okay, well, I definitely haven't seen it then. In the pilot for the original series, there was a different captain. His name was Pike. And then he died as an excuse for Captain Kirk to be the captain. And then, like, 30 episodes in, they brought the same actor back, and they put him in that chair. That's... <laughs> That's really fucked. Yeah. <laughs> oh, bye. You can um, be back on the show, but you won't get to talk. <laughs> wow, producers really must have had it out for this actor. You know what? You could maybe be the star if you kill this first episode. Actually, we're killing you off. We're giving it to another actor, and then we're going to have you come back, and you're going to be in a chair that can only beep. <laughs> yeah. Um, That's I... all stars. I haven't unpacked. I haven't. He's the first food on All Stars for sure. I haven't unpacked how I feel about the chair with the beep, <laughs> but um, of course it's a recurring bit on Futurama. We've seen it a few times. To- uh, this is now our second time seeing the chair with the beep. This is the right? first time with the chair beep. Oh God damn it! <laughs> I thought the chair with time the... is a flat circle, and Jinx is experiencing all all moments simultaneously all <laughs> at, at the same time. Isn't there a character in some show who experiences all time at once? Oh, whatever. Um, That's Steven Universe. Um, That's Garnet. No, it's um, Garnet. it's um, um, the Watchmen, isn't it? It's oh, the Watchmen. Oh, Doctor Manhattan. 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 Yeah. Yeah. Doesn't he experience all time the at dick. the same time? And mm-hmm. a slight oh, breeze. Oh, dick! <laughs> Rock, did you see that dick? That I did. Big blue dick? It was it was floppy. It was, it was like very it long. was wiggly and stuff. It was <laughs> floppy and gigantic, and they knew what they were doing when they slowly panned down his body, following his body contour to show what was on the floor. But then, just like at a certain point, it just follows the dick to what we're originally going. I mean, what we're going to eventually land on. It's like the I dick like leads the, the way. I like the close up because then it goes. <laughs> at least i think that's what happened i, rem- I remember that happening yeah. <laughs> actually i think it, i think it made funny. <laughs> um so, fry does a little speech this is prime fry he's like well first bender says and now a man who needs no introduction oh, and then goes and sits down <laughs> and fry's just sitting there pleasantly waiting and he goes fry get up there <laughs> um 
Ben is killing Fry it as MC. Is someone who, yeah, Fry does need an introduction, though. You know, yeah. Fry no one knows who he is. <laughs> Um, he gives a very funny speech where he was supposed to make a movie, but then he got lazy and Leela made it. Uh, the way he words it is funny, but it was too long to write down. Um, <laughs> he says, I was, when I was first asked to make a movie about the professor, I said, why should I? And then Lisa ended up, uh, Lisa, <laughs> then Leela ended up making, <laughs> and then Leela Lisa ended up making the movie. But if I had made it, you would have, you could Better bet there, there would have been, been more, more topless women. Topless women on motorcycles. <laughs> Film. <laughs> we got there. <laughs> so Leela has made this movie about the professor's life. It starts in his childhood. And I have a lot of questions. Because he grew up in a neighborhood called Hell's Laboratory. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. So it's my question Hell's is... It's Kitchen in New York. I understand. My question is, it seems to be a nerdy district, a nerdy neighborhood. Is he nerdy because he grew up there? Or did the government say this kid's nerdy, he has to live in Hell's Laboratory? It's kind of like a product of your environment, right? It's kind yeah. of like where you grow up kind of dictates who you are. So just the fact that he was born in Hell's Laboratory probably kind of dictated the rest of his life. <laughs> well, if we wanted to get really deep into it, you know, we could talk about like, oh, people come from oh, people who come from a bad neighborhood are bad news. But then it's like, what made the neighborhood bad? Why are Whoa. so many people of the same demographic in that neighborhood? Is it because Whoa, they man. chose to be there or is it because of longstanding uh, oppressive yeah. systems that like uh, basically called those shots before they were even born? You know, Redlining you can't really, and shit. we really need to blame Reagan's head. Yeah, you can't really drama. like talk about nature versus nurture until you talk about the um syst- uh, the systemic uh, oppression that is inherent in our society at large. So you know, was yeah, he this born was a, a deep nerd? Joke. Yeah, I know. Um, <laughs> Follow up question. Yeah, I know. But then Hell's we get Kitchen. The... Hell's Kitchen Hell's... is a gayborhood. Do you think Hell's Laboratory also has a lot of gay bars? Well, I don't know. Are there a lot of gay science nerds? I mean, well, there's at least I'm... one on TikTok. <laughs> I know, a, I know a lot of gay science nerds, and they're also furries. So um, <laughs> there's a there's a Venn diagram overlap between um, gay it's nerds and furries. Yeah. <laughs> um, Leela's narration says: fast cars, trendy night spots, beautiful women. The professor designed them all. <laughs> um, he didn't from live his a glamorous one bedroom, life from his tiny <laughs> one-bedroom apartment. Yeah. It's also well, canonized love. that uh, the professor was in diapers till he was eight. Yeah. Yes. She's just There's a it's couple doing things. it for the furries now with the diaper fetishes. <laughs> there's a couple there's a couple canon things in this episode. The the, the professor's incontinence is a recurring theme both when he was young <laughs> and old. But um, we'll get into some more recurring themes later. But what I want to point out is this is the first time that I noticed this. But when the professor, when they're looking back on the professor's life and he's about Fry's age and he looks like a huge nerd and he's in his apartment, like posing, like he's got something here and he's pointing this way. And then Fry goes, ha, what a nerd and poses exactly like the professor in the picture. <laughs> and they look exactly the same. I did not catch and it's that. Very- it's very funny because it's Fry calling the professor a nerd, but Fry's also a huge nerd and they're related. So it's basically <laughs> saying like part of why the professor is who he is is because, because of Fry. Fry's his uncle and also maybe his um, grandpa. 
I don't know. The the family lineage in the Fry family is all fucked up because of the Whoa, time paradox. I never thought about the repercussions of that. We'll get to that in a few episodes. Um, we learned that uh, the professor worked for mom and he created the uh, modern humanoid robot. He he created one that could qualify for a boat, a boat loan. loan. Yeah. So pre-professor robots were just sort of like mindless automatons, it seems. Well, it seems like they, they, I mean, they might not have been mindless automatons, but they definitely couldn't get a boat loan. Yeah, they could. That's what it really sets the precedence is. Yes. Is, um, well, where do we draw the line with humanity? Where do robots we've also, really? We've also talked a lot about why robots who are built to serve a function also have so many human traits. And maybe that was always a goal for robots so that they could live in society, you know, amongst humans. Maybe like the fact that the robot finally uh, uh, qualified for a boat loan means they've crossed this threshold in robot-human relations. <laughs> <laughs> That's the one we're waiting for, for Sophia to go to. I get that she can like <laughs> reference other people and she's like the first citizen, but can she get a boat loan? <laughs> Is Sophia the robot? <laughs> mm-hmm. Okay. Um, what was Gigi's fake so- Sophia's so- name? She robot. couldn't be Sophia because it's trademarked. So she was, oh. what was she? Sonia. Oh. I don't know. <laughs> Something like that. Anyway. Who knows? <laughs> the professor, he gets up after the video. And at first it seems like he likes it. But then he was like, oh, I'm very sad because I don't feel like I've done enough. Well, he has a line where he says, how amazing to see my life's accomplishments summed up in a three minute video. And when he said that, I was like, that's kind of how I feel about um Drag Race, uh, my season of Drag Race. It's like how amazing Malambo to see all, <laughs> all of my best work summed up in a twelve episode arc. <laughs> they also do it when they reference all the winners on later seasons, and then they're like all the past winners, and then it just shows the moment where you have the crown on your head, and you go, and "That's it." <laughs> Two seconds. You're like, "Okay, that's it." <laughs> I get, and also, I was being hyperbolic. I think I had 14 episodes in season five. So who am I? What am I complaining about? I had a whole two extra episodes. We're at 14 um, right now in the current season. Oh, really? Isn't that yeah, fucking crazy. 14. <laughs> and no one went home two weeks in a row. And there's eight if people fucking, left. If Carrie Colby had not gone home the episode that she went home, she would have gotten to be on three more episodes. Wouldn't that piss you off? <laughs> oh, you better believe it. You better believe three, that everyone three in those weeks previous of episodes time. is pissed. <laughs> um, I, one of my favorite moments from this season um, was RuPaul talking to the queen impersonating Tammy Brown, calling her Wanda Sykes. That was one of my favorite moments of this whole season. (laughs) I love Angie. I will say I'm fully team Angie. I love Willow and Bosco, but I'm team Angie. Um, Back at Planet Express, they're trying to console the professor. He's so sad about being old, which is weird because he usually loves being old. Um, And it's revealed that when you turn 160 in this universe... The robots from the Sunset Squad come and take you away to a retirement planet. A retirement <laughs> planet. Where is it? Nobody knows. <laughs> um, <laughs> I mean, is this this feels reminiscent to something? I mean, it's it's like you know, it's euthanasia light. <laughs> Are you it's saying also it a bit of like a reminds you of like Soylent Green? 
Oh. It reminds me of Soylent Green, but it also remember reminds me of Logan's oh my Run. God. When they're old, no. they get they go on a train or something. I can't remember the name of the movie, but it's about a kid who like what is he run away from home, but then he has to make his way back home, and he ends up living with a bunch of different families along his way, and then he lives with an Eskimo tribe, and he becomes really close with the grandfather in this family he's staying with, and then they set him adrift on an ice plank. They made fun um, of it in Family Guy once, huh? I cannot remember the name of the movie, but it does make me think of like there's a part in the movie where they talk about um, yeah. an, uh, like a, I I don't know enough about Eskimo <laughs> culture to know like how factual this moment this scene in this blockbuster movie was, <laughs> but it reminds me of that moment where they set this old grandpa adrift on an ice plank because he's too old for the family to take care of. So the only decent thing to do is to euthanize him, passively the, euthanize uh, him by setting him adrift. <laughs> what would you rather have? Would you rather have the home? True. But would you rather have the home or the iceberg? I or a third option that you get get to come up with yourself. I mean, my plan is I don't know. I don't know what my plan is. My plan is to get a houseboy at the right age, so then Rock, are you looking for a job? <laughs> Wait, how much younger are you? Because if you're only like two years younger, this isn't gonna work out. Yeah, but Rock exercises and you do whatever you do. I exercise my rights regularly, Jigs. <laughs> How I'm old flexing. are you, Rock? Uh, I just hit 30. Hey, congratulations. Life is about to begin for you. Trust I, me. <laughs> my life began just as soon as my knees and back went. <laughs> Everything before this moment was just practice. <laughs> um, the professor decides, uh, because of his concerns about his legacy, he's going to appoint a successor. And a everyone successor in the... for the professor. Stupidest <laughs> joke. Didn't need to be there, but I'm I'm fine with it. <laughs> like I, it I didn't serve it. any purpose other than, other than to, to hear Zoidborg's voice. Zoidborg's voice. Zoidborg's voice. Zoidborg's voice. A successor for the professor. Um. <laughs> everyone is uh, arguing about who will get to be the successor. Uh, Hermes. This scene is thinks, the best one in the oh, whole it's episode so funny. for me. Let's talk about our favorite parts. My favorite is when Hermes limbo's under the oven, <laughs> and Leela just puts a trash can in front of it so he can't get out. <laughs> it's like it's happened before. Like they yeah. ha- they ha- they have an mo for when Hermes starts trying to settle debates with limboing. Um, <laughs> my favorite part is when. He wouldn't even trust Amy. <laughs> he wouldn't, even, wouldn't trust even trust Amy anyone with... with his teeth. Yes, yes, he <laughs> yeah, would. With... He wouldn't even trust Amy with his dentures. And Amy goes, yes, would. Which is like, why, Amy? Why did you put his dentures in? I love that well, part. Well, easier than holding them. Um, I think Zoidberg also says um, Zoid, uh, he's going to want someone with his lobster-like tenacity. I don't know why that was so funny to me. I will say in Amy's defense, when I... So I filmed all of season five with with all of those girls and none of them ever knew that I had some false teeth. And Uh when the first time detox came to hang over, hang out over at my house, like it was our first time hanging out post 
filming Mm -hmm. and she came over to my house and we were hanging out and I took my teeth out and she went oh my god I didn't know and she grabbed my teeth and immediately (laughs) put it in her mouth I don't have a lot of fake teeth I have a little partial but I watched her just stick my teeth into her mouth and then Mm -hmm. go like this (laughs) <laughs> and it's like I think it's a compulsion that some people have they I see mean, fake like, teeth and they go this goes in here <laughs> I mean it's also just like a reoccurring theme in, in western media putting dentures in your mouth Bart Simpson has done it they did it on the hmm. Rugrats with the goose they did it on uh, there's just a lot of time they did it in Spongebob there's a lot of times where um, just like the dentures in the glass is kind of a trope where you put it in your mouth and just see oh, how yeah. funny you look with big teeth I like on The Simpsons where the turtle gets uh, Grandpa's teeth and he's chasing after him and the turtle has his teeth and then it bites his finger with his own teeth. Do you remember that? <laughs> my favorite. Hoisted by his did... own... What is it? Petard. Petard. Picard. My favorite denture joke is also from The Simpsons when Grandpa takes his teeth... Oh, the boss is gone. Let's have some fun. And he takes his teeth out and puts it in a hamburger bun and he goes, Ever seen a sandwich that could take a bite out of you. <laughs> Look at the sandwich. Oh, and then the guy wraps it up and hands it to the customer. And then the customer goes from off screen, ow, this sandwich <laughs> took a bite out of me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good times. Um, <laughs> the professor uh, says he's going to name his successor. Um, and it really <laughs> seems like he's going to pick Fry because he's like, his brain's not developed and such and oh, such. Yeah. <laughs> and he's my closest, my closest living relative. My closest living relative. I got this. Did I just say living? My closest living relative. <laughs> my closest living, moving, breathing relative. <laughs> my most living, breathing, moving, hip happenest relative. Um, <laughs> um, uh, and he reveals that it's not Fry. It's his clone, Qbert. And he's in a glass tube. Qbert. Qbert mm. J. Farnsworth. It rhymes Wait. with Qbert. Hubert, yeah, that's what it is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was like, what's the professor's name? Ah, uh, yes. It's also the name um, of a little video game creature. Are you familiar with Hubert? That has yeah. a Birdo mouth. He does look like Birdo. That slut. We see the professor's clone and... He's not much to look at. He's also a kid. He's just He's a, a baby. pudgy, nerdy-looking little kid. Well, what is kid. he, like nine? How but old is he... he supposed to be, do you think? Twelve? He's like eight or nine. Know. And his nose is, is turned back because he's, he was in the test tube for too long. Yes. Um, <laughs> so he has I think a little the whole point nose. of them creating the Kubert character was because writers were getting so many complaints from fans of like, you know, this will never really happen. The science in this <laughs> show really doesn't work. So they, they kind of wanted to... Um, actually make fun of that. I, I think I heard that in like a behind the scenes that they that was kind of the original idea behind the conception around Qbert. So every time Qbert comes in to point out a fallacy in the series or like That's mm-hmm, true. He mm-hmm. does that a bunch. It's yeah. because the fans do that shit all the time. And they're yeah, annoying like Qbert. <laughs> I think I, I think cartoon fans are a special kind of fanatic. Obviously, we have a podcast dedicated to cartoons. <laughs> um, 
I also think science fiction fans are really hung up on incongruencies in their favorite shows. And so when you combine cartoons and science fiction, I can only imagine the toxicity that runs rampant in that <laughs> fan Look, base. The, Our, we the, have a modern day example with Rick and Morty. You know, like that fan base is bloodthirsty. Oh, really? <laughs> I have no oh, idea the, the Rick, Rick and Morty, Morty fan, fan base, base was so... Oh, my God. They're the opposite. Well, there's, there's the chill Rick and Morty fan base, you know, uh-huh. cool stoners like, like the three Rick- of us. Oh. Well, I don't know that you're a stoner, Rock'em. Mm-hmm. But then there's the incel Rick and Morty fan base, and they're a whole separate be- There's the people who are like, fan. you know what? I really relate to Rick and how, how he's smarter than everybody else, as if that's the <laughs> message that you should take away from watching Rick and Morty, Just and not that this s- man is deranged. Sociopathic nerds in there. <laughs> I met a female, um, a female writer for Rick and Morty at DragCon one year, and she told me she wrote for Rick and Morty. And I was like, oh, my God, I'm so excited to meet you. What an amazing show. Can you get me an audition to be a guest character? And she was like, honey, I'm only there to get death threats. <laughs> like, I can't remember exactly what she said, but she's like, I'm just I'm just there to write jokes and get death threats because because of the toxicity of the incel male fan base of Rick and Morty. But I could go on and on. I think the best I way don't think, to... I don't think I, you're ever going to be on Futurama because they already cast Jennifer Coolidge for that episode. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that was your shot. That was Rick and Morty. You mean Rick and Morty? That's what Hello. I mean. Hello. <laughs> Hello. Uh, oh, I no, want I a was... spot on Rick and Morty soap. My favorite joke about crazy fans actually also comes from The Simpsons. It's the Poochie episode, and um, they're doing a they're doing a Comic Con thing, and someone asks uh, Homer and the voice of Itchy and Scratchy, "Is it just Tress McNeil playing herself?" In that? It's Tress McNeil having a conversation with herself. I'm sure she's the whole convention. <laughs> um, but Is some it not fan, Nancy, some fan, the other one, Nancy Cartwright. I think it's Nancy Cartwright. Well, whatever. The point is someone raises their hand and says, um, excuse me, but in episode 138 of Itchy and Scratchy, Itchy plays Scratchy's ribcage like a xylophone, and you see him hit the same bone, but it makes two distinctly different sounds. <laughs> it's like, that's the best way to sum up cartoon Are we supposed to believe fans. this is some sort of magic xylophone? <laughs> <laughs> so are you on the fan side, or are you on... <laughs> it is uh, funny listen, because we I'm just spend commentating the whole on what I see. It I'm really is. The whole podcast <laughs> asking these exact same questions, but we're like, Hubert's a dork. I'm just saying it really is cherry picking with a lot of sci fi fans because they'll ask about these scientific incongruencies, but you're not going to ask why there's perfect lighting in a dark forest on a planet they've never been on before. <laughs> you're not going to ask why. Um, What's her name? Counselor Troy's uh, hoo-ha is perfectly hit up, like lit up from the bottom. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) Um, Hubert, as we mentioned, calls out a few of the show's logic jumps. Why do they have a bending unit? Why is Dr. Zoidberg allowed to practice medicine, etc.? And the professor decides to show him some of his inventions. Um, Anyone have a favorite invention? I think there's a clear best one. (laughs) um you know the one (laughs) well i know the smelloscope's in there but i can't remember they go to the machine that translates into oh the the dead language language. translates into a dead language incomprehensible dead language 
Bonjour. Bonjour. <laughs> that was fucking funny. What happened to the French language that now I'm sure there's French people later on. Yeah, uh, this on is another yeah. one we need to put a, a, a pin in. If we see a French person after this, then we need to become little Q-Birds. And oh, things. but they need to speak French, though. They could still have the accent. It could be just yeah. like a like a like a New York Jersey thing now. That's just the accent of wherever they're from. They're from <laughs> Quebec, but they, yeah. never, <laughs> they never learned to speak French, only the accent. Um, OK, so there's also a very ludicrous explanation for how um, the engines work. Does the professor have the only light speed engine? Because it seems like he does based on what he's talking about. But well, that doesn't it doesn't make any sense because people travel through space time all the time in the show. Well, here's the thing is like they they don't say specifically if the professor's ship is unique from every other ship that's flying around or if the professor invented something that has been installed in most modern ships. True. Because we know that the professor is essentially responsible for all the robots because the professor came up with the original design for the original robot, you know? So the professor is actually responsible for a lot of the technology in the world because of his affiliations with mom and mom's friendly robot company. So it's possible that the professor patented the, um, mm. the engine design that gets used in most like modern spaceship engines. And that would also explain his fabulous fortune that he is about to leave to Qbert. Mm, okay, that makes sense. I always thought it was unique to the ship because of the way that it works, moving the universe around the ship. Yeah, as we learn at I, the end of the episode. I also think it could be unique to the ship because even if the professor designed um, like the prototype for all spaceships, he, of course he's going to soup up his own, you know? <laughs> so maybe he... My new Maybe theory. he patented light speed travel, but his ship is even one step beyond that. And like, um, didn't they also faster. talk about how they changed light speed in the episode <laughs> in like a year? <laughs> <laughs> That's especially impossible. Um, and then speaking of that line, Professor's new catchphrase apparently is nothing is impossible. Not if you can imagine it. That's what science is all about. Wow, no, Wonka. that's what being a magical elf is all about. <laughs> is it who who's voicing Qbert? It's a famous voice actor. Is it Nancy Cartwright? No, it's Katie Sos. Katie Seuss. Katie Sos. She also does Phil and Lil. I was gonna say it's who oh, it's Phil and Lil. It's I love um, Phil and Lil. And she's also done a, a couple of voices on the show too. They just gave her a main role. Yeah. Oh, good. Um Phil and Lil, is she also Timmy Turner? on fairly odd parents so. no that um no 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 that's uh ba, 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 ba. oh my god oh, what's her name you see hubert voice actor <laughs> did you see that there's a fucking live action reboot of fairly odd parents no i did not i mean they've they've had that before a couple times the last time they did um a live action fairly odd parents it had um drake bell so we don't really talk about it oh yeah <laughs> so it's kath it's kath, kath susie kath susie and she definitely did oh, um and tara strong uh, is timmy Rats. that's mm. right tara but strong tara strong is in also there. in this series as well too yeah oh, um, i mean all the really strong voice actors are in here billy west tara strong um phil lamar is basically half the cast 
Yes. <laughs> Tara Strong is one of my favorite voice actors because she just seems like a really cool person in general. Um, and then she's in like a voice actor power couple because uh, I, I think she and Greg Sipes, who voices Beast Boy on Teen Titans. I'm not sure if they're a couple or if they just spend a lot of time together. But isn't that fun thinking about a couple of voice actors dating and they're like... And they play Raven and Beast Boy on the same show. So it's just like Raven and Beast Boy, ship them. You think <laughs> it's when they're cute. fucking, they do funny voices? Yeah, when I that tape so. leaks, I'm down. <laughs> Even if it's just a podcast of, of one of their sessions, I'm down to hear that. <laughs> I know my lovers all expect me to say water off a duck's back at Climax. So <laughs> <laughs> but it's not even on your back. It's in your back. <laughs> Water off a bareback. <laughs> I'm actually wearing my um, Jinx Monsoon brand. Hold on, hold on. Underwear. Yeah. For the listeners just... at home, she's she's taking out. <laughs> oh my god! It says water off a duck's crack. <laughs> For those of you listening at home, there is Comic Sans written on a g-string <laughs> in Jinx's butt right now. Yeah. Very, You're very the precarious. only one who can show off her goodies. <laughs> <laughs> um, so they go to Elzar's. Is this the first time we're meeting Elzar? No, no. Mm-mm. Are you no, sure? No, because because Bender had to work for Elzar briefly. Oh. It's just he's acting so starstruck. Wait, Bender has that happened yet? Elzar. I don't Have think we done so. The I think this might be where... first Elzar. This can't be first Elzar. I feel like, like if Elzar any of you Cuberts are watching this podcast, let us know <laughs> if this is the first appearance of Elzar. We has should have Bender a Cubert be- episode Bender where become... we just take nerdy fan questions. And wait, wait, wait. Everyone has can Bender be become the ship's chef yet? He has, right? Yeah. Mm. Because we are had the sure? salt plant. We had fry eating the salty the salty slug the salty slug and he's learning how to make the salty slug um from elzar's cooking show so So this is the first time he's meeting him in person this is the first time they're meeting him in person which is why bender's like oh my god it's elzar okay of course is a um is a parody of famed television chef chef emerald Bam. Anyone watch cooking shows? I do not. I know most of you think that Elzar is I like a competitive cooking Alexis show. Mateo when he says bam. So bam. But he's <laughs> bam, Bobby, come on, bitches. <laughs> the truth is, is that the t- bam, Bobby, I want you to come home. <laughs> um, the thing is that uh Alexis Mateo is actually impersonating Emeril Lagasse. Yeah, that was because Emeril Lagasse is game. from Puerto Rico. Did you guys know that? Really? No, he's not. Um, <laughs> I'm like, I interviewed Carrie Preston. She was on a TV show with him, and this did not come up. So. <laughs> um, I love TV cooks. Um, I wish that the Emerald reference kind of like lasted a bit longer because Emerald kind of died off. But um, I used to love when I was a kid watching like Julia Child. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I guess now it's moved over to like YouTube cooking shows. Oh yeah, yeah. I might I have I have a housemate who like barely cooks but who watches constant um YouTube cooking, cooking with dogs. Shows. 
<laughs> with dog have you ever seen cooking with dog, dog the bounty hunter no dog no not, not dog the bounty hunter they made a reference to it in steven universe once it's a japanese um youtube channel where it's like this old lady and she cooks with the dog next to her on the pedestal hmm. and they have like a voice actor do the voice of the dog so he's like <laughs> narrating the cooking show and he's like now cut the onions into half quarter moons <laughs> you see scum remove <laughs> I I had a crush on Jamie Oliver when he was young and hot and he had a show called The Naked Chef. Nowadays, I don't know what to make of Jamie Oliver. Was he naked? No, it was Naked Chef because he cooked with very few ingredients. It was That's like, sort of like how the how Barefoot to... Contessa rarely shows feet, even though we all want to see <laughs> that. that was the pilot episode. <laughs> um, but do you want to hear something about Jamie Oliver, celebrity chef that I learned from my British husband? He started a health food initiative in the UK where he got um the 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 public school well i guess you know the the school system of the uk he got a certain beloved food item banned because of how unhealthy it was for kids it was called turkey twizzlers and what it is is they take ground turkey press it into like long tubes and then twist the tubes so they look kind of like red vines made out of turkey meat and i guess it was an incredibly unhealthy and he got them banned from the schools and kids protested and like boy <laughs> little children boycotted um jamie, jamie oliver, oliver. And Michael was telling me about it. And he's like, I remember the day we all um, protested and we were like, give us back all turkey twizzlers, Jamie what Oliver. The, <laughs> the UK is wild. <laughs> the UK is wild. They will they will protest um, anything that isn't um, Black Lives Matter. That's crazy. <laughs> they, they will protest anything but human rights. Exactly. Um, <laughs> because one mustn't bring up such topics in, in mixed company. <laughs> Elzar forgot to uh, cook the chicken. Is he a bad cook? <laughs> is this a commentary that TV say, chefs are bad at cooking in real life? I just think Elzar is really like um, more more um, flash than substance. Mm. Just like Emerald. Yeah. <laughs> I. You know what? Be be nice to Emerald. I heard he. I heard from <laughs> Carrie Preston that he's a very nice man. And even though he wasn't the best actor on his own sitcom called Emerald, that he oftentimes would decompress by cooking for the whole crew and cast. So, you know what? Leave Emerald out of this TV chef bashing. <laughs> Leave Emerald alone. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm sure that Elzar is a good chef, but he's just an He's an inattentive person. <laughs> he's an inattentive person because he's more concerned with the celebrity status yeah. exactly he is about putting it, it's it, he's a sellout he's a sellout let's move on this makes me want a spice weasel <laughs> honestly a spice weasel the professor leaves the tape uh it reveals that he's actually the professor oh my god he leaves the tape revealing that he was secretly 160 the whole time he was lying about his age um, and he's leaving this tape because the Sunset Squad is coming to get him, and it's a Grim he's Reaper robot. He's informed the Sunset Quad, a Squad, the Sunset Quad. Um, my, I love this exit line of the professors. Goodbye, cruel, cruel world. world. Goodbye, Goodbye, cruel lamp. 
<laughs> lamp. It's the lamp first. Goodbye, cool, uh, cruel drapes lined with what appears to be some sort of cruel, cruel muslin. muslin. <laughs> and the cute little pom poms with the tassels. Cruel, cruel they may be. They may be. <laughs> It's so fucking good. It's one of my favorite lines from the whole series. I know I say that once <laughs> per episode, but it really truly is. Goodbye. I just love uh, the cute little pom poms with the tassels. Cruel though they may be, and they knock them out because they don't have time for this. <laughs> so he leaves the tape in a Manila envelope. They find it. Um, Fry and Cubert. Their rivalry is really intensifying, and they argue about how to solve this problem. Uh, Fry and Leela say, we'll just go find the near-death star, the, the planet where they keep the... That's impossible. Nothing is impossible. You'd know that if you really took after the professor, like I do. You're his uncle. If anything, he takes <laughs> after, after you, you. Which means I take after you. Ah! I love the whole <laughs> logic train there. We were all thinking it. Hubert just voiced it. <laughs> um... Hubert is such a negative Nelly in this episode. And because of that, they force him to be the hump. <laughs> they're, they're I also love the copious amounts of DNA that they extract from him. And yes, then he's like, buckets we're, we're going to need a cell. We, uh, we're going to need a DNA sample. Here you go, buddy. We only needed one cell. Hey, keep the change. <laughs> um, I do also, think it's... what is that DNA? They extracted it from Cubert, but it's just a big bone um, marrow. It was like kind of clear it kind of looks like something you take out of a like some sort of bile or something yeah. oh yeah some, some but they extracted it with some kind of giant syringe syringe right? yeah <laughs> it's ass juice <laughs> if they put it back this. in they can give cubert a bbl bbl that's <laughs> what it is this is the first step of the bbl <laughs> <laughs> let's talk about this plan to get in there fry is pretending to be an old old man hubert is the hump on fry's back and leela is just pretending to be a robot by putting a a grim reaper robe on <laughs> but she's just so a human she, underneath uh, well we've learned the robots don't it's easy to disguise it's easy to fool robots apparently they are pretty they, dumb they fall for lots of ruses um <laughs> hubert says why do i have to be the hump and fry says because you're too ugly to be a wart and they all giggle and what really got me was even leela got in on the giggling because <laughs> yeah. that's a read mama yeah <laughs> <laughs> i feel like normally she's not for these kind of antics but she just hates hubert so much. <laughs> she's into it <laughs> which also solidifies that he's that much of a turd that <laughs> if leela hates him too <laughs> then leela will get in on the joke I, I love the part where Fry is imitating the professor because he's like, get those kids off my lawn. And the robots are like, it's true. It's Old true. people do tend to dislike children on their lawns. <laughs> so that can I like these them. robots. Yeah. Yeah. And it feels like, like a D&D your... episode. It feels like a, a D&D plot where it's like it's you roll, you roll an 11. And for some reason, it, you persuade the guards to go through. Yeah, your yeah. charisma points are high enough. Exactly. <laughs> I've got talking hump syndrome. Ah, THS. Like <laughs> just go with it. So we get into the, the main meat of the near death star, and it turns out it's just the plot of the Matrix. Um, Very similar. Just with old Mixed people. with a little San Junipero. 
You know what? I just watched The Matrix and I did not get that it was a Matrix reference just now. I don't know why. It just like the I the the imagery didn't register that it was a Matrix parody to me. Well, it's a little different because the pylons with all the people plugged in are shaped like tombstones so they don't look like ow well (laughs) well what i love it doesn't happen in this episode because this isn't our only time that we visit the near death star but later they Mm -hmm. they kind of pontificate on the whole setup of using aged human bodies as batteries and then fry starts to say something like wait would it this uh, would, <laughs> would it take more energy to keep the people alive than the energy that they could possibly <laughs> be producing and they point out a major plot hole in the <laughs> matrix but they don't get to explore it much because they're being chased <laughs> or something I can't remember. but that's a later but, episode but we'll the point is later. is like yeah they um the matrix was all the rage at the time and Futurama wasted no time to make their own matrix. <laughs> Which was the style of the time. It was the style of the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, we used to put an onion on our plots. Because that was of the, the war! <laughs> <laughs> Give me five bees for a quarter, we used to say. <laughs> <laughs> we are... Okay, go on. We're doing a lot of Simpsons on the Simpsons. Um, they are fleeing from the robots. They they have to rip the professor out of his uh, drawer. We have to remove these very carefully, or the shock could kill him. Kill him. Hey, stop! Pop <laughs> 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 them out. They go. I love these um, henchmen robots. They're chasing after them. They go seize them, seize them, seize them, and one of them goes. Get them. Uh, I, I mean, seize them. <laughs> and is he the same one who crashes? He's not. He might be. At work. Yeah. <laughs> he crashes. He crashes. And he's like, oh, I'm so bad at this. <laughs> um, they they escape. They are in like a weird ship thing and they blast through the roadblocks arm. And he goes like. But- in order, in order, yes, of course I do. In order <laughs> to fully escape, they need to get the ship going really, really fast, very quickly. Yeah, and, because they get the engine gets shot by like a pulse. Yes. And there, there's no one there to fix it because the professor is knocked out. And so Kubert now must crack the secret of how the engines work. And when he tried to get this information from the professor before, the professor says, it came to me in a dream. Then I forgot it in another dream. <laughs> um, well, why don't you explain to me how it works? Now that's impossible. Um, so... Cubert now is like unlocking his full potential by realizing that it's not that the engine makes the ship move really fast. It somehow moves the universe around, around the it. ship. So the ship is staying stationary, which is some kind of science fiction mumbo jumbo, but it works and they get they get the hell out of there. Get on up out of here. Get the fuck out of here. That scene also has a like like a patented fry really long joke where he goes, fix it, 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 fix it. I love it. Um, they managed to escape. The professor, once they're at safety, he reveals what it was like in the retirement planet. And apparently the simulation was just a really depressing retirement home, even though it could be anything. It could be it San Junipero. It could be, <laughs> you get to relive your youth. It could be many things, but it's very well, depressing. Well, I mean, we, I think we've learned that they're not kind to the old in the future. 
No. Or now, man. Or, yeah, or now contemporary. I, or back in 2000 with the Matrix. It's definitely <laughs> um, it's definitely commentary on how we treat our it's ages. Some sort of this is no commentary. country or old men. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then the professor and Kubert kind of end on better terms. So that's the arc of this yeah. episode. And Kubert will Kubert join gets us his occasionally. First good news, everyone. The professor <laughs> is fully healed. Yeah. Um, all around, this is a very funny episode. Great episode. Um, oh, yeah. There's good commentary. There's good writing. There's good one-liners. There's good callbacks. Uh, we get a lot of exposition. I think this is one of the uh, one of the most one of the more solid episodes of Futurama. And we didn't have to have any discussions about <laughs> problematic parts that didn't age well. Oh, yeah. So that's always fun. Let's see. Was there one? Let's think about it. There could have been. <laughs> um anytime they call amy dumb is sexist anytime um <laughs> professor's old is ageist um I, i'm sure i'm sure and i'm allergic will... to seafood so every time zoidberg opens his <laughs> mouth i'm You're completely like, canceled <laughs> i'm sure people who only have one eye don't like all the depth perception jokes but uh, <laughs> you know um, um well that's the episode why don't we why don't we do the the questioning Hey, hey, let me ask you something. Rockham, we have compulsory <laughs> questions we ask every guest here at I'm 40% Podcast. And the first one is, who would you do of the entire Futurama cast? Oh, that's easy. From a universe, who would you do? That's easy. Zap Brannigan. Zap Brannigan, because I hate myself. Also, I love public nudity, and he's just like an inch away from just it revealing his whole. I yeah. know it's uncut. <laughs> I feel it. I smell it. I know it's there. He looks oh. smooth. <laughs> he loves velour. Like, yeah, he loves velour, and um, I feel like he's um, uh, just desperate enough to never want to leave. You know, so <laughs> there's that too. I'm he not saying he'd to be fall in love with anyone who gives him the time of day. Exactly. So you, you could have him, but the thing is, it sounds like once you have him, you'll never lose him. So, I mean, I'm kind of down for that. Who else in the future? Maybe one of the maybe one of the creatures with like big arms, like lots of tentacles, or something like that. Or That's oh, you know what? blob mo the gelatinous blob monster yeah the dad of um the the next cuber episode or another cuber episode yes. they have the bully that's the blob but the dad is there blob. that dad was kind of he's kind of a dumb thank you mr gelatinous bo blob you're going <laughs> places in this company jones and <laughs> um that that's you you want to be put inside of the blob Oh, yeah, I feel it. You know, furry's got their thing. I got the blob thing. <laughs> <laughs> this episode brought to you by furries. Your next question is, what character in the Futurama universe do you most identify with? Um, oof, there's a couple of them. I would say um, a lot of gay people do tend to like gravitate towards Leela because she's mm -hmm. like, you know, kind of like an oddball, doesn't really feel her place. It's pronounced um, eyeball. Are, are you gay? <laughs> uh, am I gay? Yes, I gay. <laughs> but cool. uh, if I really had to pick someone, I would say. Um, oh, you know what? Um, uh, what's her name? Uh, Coilette. 
Coilette! Oh. Coilette, a land a that pull. I didn't make up. <laughs> oh, we have been talking about this episode since we started uh, doing this. I can't because wait. It's, Men it's, really it's love it when you slather it on. That's I my love makeup. that line. <laughs> because some of the writing in that episode is so fucking funny, but the episode in its nature is problematic. Oh, for so sure. We're going to have to talk about this episode that is simultaneously horrible and hilarious at the exact same time but two things can be true coilette that's a really great answer i'm gonna i don't often do this but i'm also going to say i get heavy robot devil vibes from you (laughs) (laughs) they keep touching me in places yeah they tend to do that (laughs) actually you know what maybe robot devil is where i'm at that might be you could be coilette with a robot devil rising or vice versa (laughs) Now, our Drama third, horoscopes. <laughs> our third question is has traditionally been: Are you going to watch more Futurama, having now like watched this episode? But I think we need to update it now that we know that there is more Futurama coming out, brand new Futurama. I am updating this question, and from this point on, the question is going to be: Will you be watching the new series? The new se- sorry, I was British for a second. The new season of Futurama, uh, slated to come to Hulu with the full cast returning. Um, have we ignited a, a or reignited a love of Futurama in you through this podcast? Well, I just finished rewatching the series, so I'm kind of in a spot to um, to watch the new Futurama for sure. And I always like I love cartoons and like dissecting them, so I want to see how they bring this 2022 humor into Futurama because usually when I think of Futurama, I think of like 90s humor. Mm-hmm. So to see it like, and, and we did 2010 humor with the last reboot on Comedy Central. So with this one, I want to see how they, they updated as well. I mean, Futurama jokes are, are always going to be the same. You can put any joke with any character and it'll still be funny, mm-hmm. um, which is kind of the nature of it, especially in later seasons. But yeah, I'm definitely going to watch it. Um, and I want to see... Uh, I want to see 80 of the voices done by Phil Lamar. And I want to see, um, let's see, what do I want to see? Uh, and I want to see another heartfelt um, see, uh, series finale with uh, Friendly Lugan. They have like that's, 80 different endings to the series, but I love them all. That's the only misgiving I have about the show coming back is that last finale was such a mic drop. So good. So good. It was a good mic drop. But they also, it almost felt like, you know, they reset it. It was a reboot. So that if they ever had a reboot, they could pick up essentially where they left off and not worry about the full ending. Um, I want to see Billy West only voicing white characters or uh, (laughs) (laughs) he belongs to. Fingers crossed. And I do kind of wonder... I wonder if they're going to go the Simpsons route and hire new voice actors to play some of the recurring characters. Mm -hmm. That would be great. Or, you know, we could also like, I don't know that Amy's dad is going to serve any purpose in the future. Maybe Amy's dad has passed away and Lauren just voices Amy and her mother. And maybe we don't need Amy's racist stereotype dad to be there. So You don't want Billy West playing an Asian stereotype dad? (laughs) <laughs> not anymore 
So Rockham, you have been an amazing guest. So knowledgeable on, guest. on Futurama. We will definitely be having you back. Um, maybe we can have you back for the next Qbert episode, or if there's another episode <laughs> you'd like to come back for. Oh, there's so many episodes. Um, but in the meantime, do you have anything you'd like to plug to our listeners? Where can people find you? Yes, if you guys would like to find me, I am at Rockham Sakura on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. You can also find me on YouTube at youtube.com slash Rockham Sakura. I also have a new eating channel coming out. We're not listed yet, but there's a link in my latest video. An eating also, channel? Eating channel, yeah, I like to eat. Mukbangs. Okay. Mukbangs oh, and like going oh, out, trying restaurants. <laughs> I shoved what a, that is? I shoved a cucumber up my butt and it came out of pickle. Um, but yeah, it's one of those channels and it high fived my prostate on the way out. I tried that, but it was a zucchini and I don't know what came out. Red. Um, <laughs> red. It, it came out as red. Yeah. It um, came out as zoodle. Zoodle. One singular zoodle. Um, I just really want to thank you, Rockham. You've been a great guest. We all love you. All our listeners should go follow you. And, you know, uh, just uh, just uh, be careful when you Google that name, you know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Or Is just have a- some lotion ready. what i love about your porn is the thumbs up at the camera at the end i also (laughs) do like like, i do a princess die wave (laughs) (laughs) there's a car crash happening in my 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 back door (laughs) i i I can't help but admit that i am one of those people who has the like morbid curiosity of like um well if there's nudes out there i i don't want to be one of the people who didn't see the nudes yeah if I have, I have, if I have a thumb in place of my foreskin, then you're going to want to see it. Have you seen the be, comedians need to be in the loop? Okay, exactly. Have you seen the like... video of the guy with the sand up his ass? The, the sand? sand up his ass? Yeah. Oh, no, no, I haven't. What is it? There's a there's a video on Twitter where a guy shoves a lot of sand up his ass and then he just How? pushes it out at the he's at the beach. So he didn't bring it home. <laughs> Scooping it, or does he have an? Apparatus? We don't know. That's the thing. Is the lore is that he <laughs> the um the uh the fan cannon is head cannon sand? is <laughs> my head cannon is that he put it in a condom, put it in his butt, popped the condom, pulled it out. Oh, smart! So, uh, everyone else thinks that he did it like a vole. and just like poured it so bill is a vole is there such a thing as an anal funnel everything's fun when you put it in your anal. i don't know i think uh, i think a funnel can go wherever you need it to go you don't need a specially designed one for your anus if there's an anal funnel then there's anal funnel cake Ah, i can't think of a better way to sign off thank you rockham Sakura. Sakura. Thank you. Welcome. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. You're getting further away from it, Mom. <laughs> dun 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 dun. Um, and this has been I'm 40% podcast. We'll see you next Monday with a brand new episode and a brand new guest. Have a futurific day. Wow, 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 wow.
Wow, 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 wow.